So, hey guys, uh, this is actually really, really exciting. Um, we're going to be having our first podcast. Um, so, we're going to be having this with Moni. Moni, say hi. Hello. Since we don't have this baboon here, I'm going to just put this up on the side. Make sure we give Moni his attention. Do you see the picture I picked out for you? Yes, yes, it's beautiful. <laughs> I don't even know when that was. That was during one of her cottage trips. I think it's Must like have been last year. No, 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 no. This is this is like two years ago, I think. This is this is like cottage three or something. What is on the side of my face? I think I think that was the one. Where, remember you drew on your face like some pharaoh uh, shit. Jeez, I don't remember that at all. I have no idea. What is that? Or is it just hair? It might just be hair. No, no. I think it's marker. Was that a penis? Is that, a penis? that might be a no, penis. I think that's... No. That might no, be no a way. penis. I, I highly doubt it's a penis. Look at it. That's a marker over there. Stop zooming in. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus. What? laughs> it looks like it's a penis. I'm not even joking. You're gonna get demonetized immediately. <laughs> We got no one here. To... <laughs> like, what money? We're fucking broke I, as hell. I was gonna report us. <laughs> yeah, you're... Listen, you didn't even get your your 40k? Like, fuck, we got nothing, okay? <laughs> We're absolutely, like, screwed. <laughs> we got that fortune cookie, though. Yeah, I know, exactly. We gotta show that later. But yeah, okay. So... This is just gonna be a um, it's gonna be a hockey podcast. Um, we're mainly gonna be talking about the Leafs, just like what's going on around the NHL and just um, some cool topics, I guess. Um, we're hoping to have this every Sunday um, at six thirty. So around this time every week, we'll have something. Um, keep it going for like an hour, an hour and a half ish. Um, so jump by, uh, hop by. Um, you guys can, if you guys are doing something, you guys can come back later. We'll have like a Q and A thing at the end if there's actually people that are that are still left and actually still want to be on stream. Um, where you can hop on, you can talk about like stuff that we need to improve, that we could improve on, certain segments you want to hear. You can just like shit on us, like fucking do anything you want. It doesn't even matter. Um, but yeah. I'm actually really excited about this, Armand. Like, same. we've been fans of, like, well, we've talked about the Leafs since high school. <laughs> For me, before that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, in terms of both of us, like, talking yeah. to each other since high school. And, like, I swear we brought this up to, like, make a podcast, like, three, four years. It was, like, before, before, before university, I think, right? Or yeah, was it in first yeah, year? For sure. I'm pretty sure it was before university. That was probably when we took our bet that the Leafs would win within the next three that years. Was, yeah. a slap no, that, bet. Was in, that was in first year, yeah. yeah. And then they gave us nothing but first round losses. Yeah, that was bad. Love to see it. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, so this was a this was a long time coming. And I'm happy that we actually took the dive to do this. Like realistically, this is our first podcast. We've never done anything like this. It's probably gonna be hella scuffed. It's probably gonna be like <laughs> pretty shitty we don't even have a fucking name yet like let's be honest if you guys have names for that we should make for the podcast hey, like make that make that a message cool. that yeah we, we need to get a name so we can make a youtube channel because right now we got nothing i have no idea at all um but yeah um i guess money you can do you want to say some stuff like you excited uh, yeah yeah i mean it's it, i have been 
we've been talking about this. I've listened to a shitload of podcasts, especially yeah. on the Leafs as well. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, uh, like you were saying that you listen to how many, like six hours worth, of, or like three hours, three to six hours worth of podcasts in a day or something. Like holy shit! Yeah, yeah, I listen to like ten, like ten rotating podcasts depending on the day, and I'll just put one on. Like half of them are least specific, so. So realistically, I get plenty of content. You're you're not really working. Let's be honest. If one of your employers like comes by and actually watches, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, we're 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 gonna uh, let this guy go real quick." <laughs> yeah, like I literally just listened to podcasts the entire day. So <laughs> no wonder you didn't get your forty k bonus. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that was for completely different reasons. <laughs> yeah, eh? Because <laughs> you were you were focused on finding out uh what what was that what was that word that, that was in one of the documents? That German what word? word. There was like some. Oh. <laughs> what was that? That was a five five inch thick dick. Yeah. <laughs> Thick dick. <laughs> and then I found out that the the drawing was half German and dick is, dick is uh, thick in German. Good times. Yeah. This is, this is what you spend your day on. It literally <laughs> took me like a full hour just <laughs> crying laughing at my desk. Yeah. Holy crap, dude. Good use of my time. Exactly. <laughs> Alright. So, um, I guess like, yeah. We can, um, do we want to go into, like, a little bit about us? I guess, like, just talk about, like, our background with the with hockey, like, the NHL and stuff like that? Sure. I'm pretty sure all of our current viewers know us. They probably well. do. But, I mean, like, we, we're going to be posting on YouTube. Who knows? Remember the fortune cookie that you got? Okay, so for people who don't know this, um, our, when when we discussed, and, like, we, we were like, hey, or I, I messaged Armand. I was like, or I think we were on call or something. I was like, Armand. We gotta make a Leafs podcast. I need content for my Twitch. I got, I've got nothing else going for me right now. <laughs> and then, as soon as he agrees to it, I think it was like five minutes later, he opens up a fortune cookie. And what, what was yeah. written on it? Yeah, my brother gave me a fortune cookie, and I opened it, and it said, "You will make a fortune with your friend." And that's a podcast it on my desk. Look, that's our podcast. We're gonna make it big. People are gonna look back at this moment, and they're gonna be like, "Huh." Where were these guys in life at that at that moment before they made it big? So tell me, yeah. Armand, tell me about yourself. How long were you a fan of the Leafs for? Uh, probably since I was like four or five. I think it was actually the two thousand and two, uh, season because we went to the conference finals and and then also that year was the Olympics. Uh, so oh yeah, you know, yeah, my family like pretty much just moved to Canada two years previous. And then we just loved hockey, and I've been a Leafs fan ever since, and the last playoff win was in 2004, so oh. I don't even remember it. <laughs> uh, I've played hockey since then as well, since 2002. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Are your brothers, your brothers, um, do they get you into it, or is it like your whole family was just into no, it? No, whole family, whole family. I, th I think it was the Canadian Olympic, like the Olympics in 2002. Okay. I okay. think that was really what swept us into hockey and then after that like a couple months later the Leafs went on their run mm -hmm. cool nice you know so if we came to Canada like two years later I don't know if I would have been a hockey fan because <laughs> like the Leafs didn't do anything after that <laughs> they've been useless ever since yeah exactly so like I don't know if I would have actually got swept up in it which is pretty wild to think about because it's like literally 
I watch so many Leafs games. So. <laughs> See, I don't know if I that's don't know a what I'd be doing with first. my time. <laughs> I, I feel like that's. I, I should feel sorry for you, honestly. Like, <laughs> that was a mistake. Yeah. But yeah, I guess like from my front, um, I have been into hockey since like since middle school. I think was like the biggest thing because like, um, I don't think I told you about this, but um, my grade six, um english teacher i think abby knows about this for sure um my grade six english teacher he was the stanley cup holder like the stanley cup bearer so when every time there's like a um every time the this the um the playoffs roll roll around is the stanley cup finals he's the one who's in charge of like transporting the 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 cup around and like making sure everything's polished and everything's cleaned up and everything so he a, a few of the times he actually traveled with the stanley cup winning like players like around really yeah i didn't yeah. know that and like in grade six um every so in bristol this is actually in bristol um every few years um i think it's like every two years i believe or is, it might be every three I, I believe it's every two years he would bring the stanley cup to the school and like it'd be like a, a whole day where it would just be dedicated to like people coming by and like they separated by like uh by um by grades and they'd come by and they'd take pictures like with the stanley cup yeah. Yeah. So I have That's a picture wild. with the Stanley Cup. It's actually sick. <laughs> so is that when you became a, a fan? Yeah. 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 In middle school? Oh, yeah. Shit. Middle school. I didn't middle know school. That. I, it was like pretty late on. Not gonna lie. Like I was not a big fan of. So, it, was your fan? Uh, was your family not like Leafs fans? No, not at all. Because you were born in Canada. Yeah. 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 But no, they. I was. My family was more so into. Um, into cricket. cricket. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm brown. Look at me. But uh, yeah, they they were more so into cricket. Um. After I got into the Leafs, my brother got into it and then quickly realized that the team is useless and we're not going anywhere. So <laughs> he dipped out real he quick. He got out early? Yeah. <laughs> smart man, smart man. No wonder. Yeah. No wonder he turned out fine and you're you. Yeah, okay. We'll see after he gets his haircut, okay? After that stream, <laughs> then we'll see what, like, what's happening. Um, but yeah, that, that was my introduction to hockey. Um, I got, I think I got, like, more into it, especially when we became friends, and, like, we would start talking about it, and that's when yeah. I actually started looking into a lot of, like, the, the back-end stuff, and just looking at, like, rosters, and, like, thinking about potential trades, and stuff like that, because before that, I was just a casual fan, I'd, like, yeah. hear about it, and it's like, okay, cool, the Leafs are, are doing, the, like, they're winning some games, or, like, whatever. Yeah, I became, like, a diehard in, like, 2016, when we drafted Matthews was when I, like, from then on, I've pretty much watched every Leafs game that I could possibly watch yeah. without missing. Like, yeah. So, do you remember where it's we? It's been were? a bad five years. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you remember where we were when Matthews got announced? I remember exactly, and you, you were there for sure. Was I? Yes. I didn't were. know that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know where it was? No. It was. Was it school? No, it couldn't have been school. It technically. So we were on the bus. Uh, I think it was coming home or going to uh st louis so uh full full thing in we were 2016 in... wait was it 2016 that we happened? were on the reply team i know 100 percent because like i think it was coming back from st louis so for people who don't, who don't remember or like for new viewers um we were on the first robotics team and uh the world championship was held in uh st louis so we took the bus all the way from toronto the gta essentially all the way to st louis missouri and I, it's either on the ride there or on the ride back where Mr. Singh announced to the bus. He's like, for those of you who actually care, 
the Leafs drafted Austin Matthews. Holy shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, I remember. Also, you're wearing your 254 sweater, eh? I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it vividly. Because I sort I screamed. I, I was so happy. I screamed. And then someone from the back of the bus just yelled, you know the Leafs aren't going to win from based on one player. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Way to ruin my, <laughs> my happiness. Yeah, okay, that does make sense. Because that would have been 2015. That would have been the summer of 2015. Mm-hmm. So that would have been my last year in, in high school. Yep, yep. I remember exactly. That's wild. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, but yeah, where the hell were we? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so been fans for a long time. Uh, we've been wanting to do this for a while. I guess like the way that we want it, we can talk about like the podcast, what we kind of want to do with the podcast first, and then we can go into the topics. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay. So there are a lot of good podcasts out there. Steve Dangle podcast. Um, there's a, a lot of other great like YouTubers that are very like informative who probably have insider information. I mean, we can try to get Armand to get insider information. <laughs> With my amazing hockey connections. Exactly. Um, everyone on my beer league team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we kind of just wanted to just shit around, like just make it a casual show where even if you're not big hockey fans, you'd you'd have fun being here just because like we talk from a perspective of casual fans and um we want to try to have like different fun segments in between the uh between our like um our major topics just to make it a little bit fun and like engaging and um with the q a i think that's gonna be a lot of fun especially if we have more people that are going to be watching i think it'd be kind of cool to to have people come in and just just either like talk to us personally about like our experiences with the Leafs or like talk about what we think about certain topics or whatnot. It'd just be kind of cool, like engagement with the viewers. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's kind of what we wanted to do. Um, like we said, it's going to be every week from six thirty, uh, 30 PM starting um, on Sundays. Um, we need to get a name for the show. So if you guys are actually, um, if you guys are listening and like have any ideas, please reach out and let us know. Um, you can put it in the chat too. Um, yeah, I guess let's, uh, let's start off, um, with our first topic. I think, uh, I think we should probably start off by just talking about, uh, how the Leafs are this week. Um, I guess, so there was, uh, there was, I believe four main games this, uh, this week. It was... The, the Kings, the Flyers, the Flames, uh, and the Sabres. Yes. So four games this week. We finished the week three and one. Um, so we've won, I think, eight of our last nine. We started the year pretty rocky. Uh, yeah. We had, like, after the first, what was it, seven games, I think we were two, four, and one. And after this week, we're 10, five, and one. Mm-hmm. So definitely a step up from how we started but there's still some causes for concern i think we can go one by one on each game and talk about it like that yeah it makes sense makes sense yeah it's actually cool because like what were we like we were like third last i guess like in the league um early on in the season and now we're 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 top three i believe right we're third place in like the uh, on points. Are we? i believe so yeah yeah okay <clears throat> we're pretty high yeah, up i think now. yeah we're pretty we're pretty high up i know we're second in the division we're right behind the Florida, and uh, we could talk about Florida later. I want to. I want to get get to them later. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, let's let's get started with the the individual games. Okay, so let's start off. I guess like in order. Let's start with the Leafs and the Kings. Yeah. So this was a five-one loss. It was the only loss of our week. Um, 
I think this was uh, on Monday, and it was pretty much it was a it was a classic Leafs game. Mm-hmm. We got stonewalled by their backup goalie Jonathan Quick. He played out of his mind. We got a shitload of chances. We couldn't bury anything. We controlled pretty much all of the possession, but we had uh, relatively no puck luck. Campbell wasn't on his game, unfortunately. And, of course, the first goal was by former Leaf Trevor Moore. He scored, <laughs> and former Leaf Carl Grundstrom assisted, and it was literally his first point of the season. So, you know, yeah. classic Leafs game. Uh, but honestly... Like the re- reaction to this game was a bit interesting to me because this was coming off of a five-game win streak, uh-huh. and in my opinion, we controlled the majority of the play, and yet people were still like incredibly down on the team after this game. And you know, it's a five-one loss. I can understand why, but at the same time, the process was there. Um, and you know, we play that game against the same team ninety-nine times. We probably win. Out of a hundred, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Their third How many goal. Times can Philip Deneau score two goals yeah, exactly. in a single exactly. game? <laughs> like their, their their third goal was Philip Deneau crashing the net. It bounces like the puck goes across, bounces off his skate, hits yeah. Campbell's pad, bounces back on off of his skate, and then barely trickles in over the goal line. Goal line. It's maybe like a few millimeters over the goal line before Dermot like fishes it out. Yeah, that's not that's that like you can't do anything about that. That's just how you know. The Sometimes hockey gods just... The hockey gods us. just... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in my mind, over a full 82-game sample, that'll even out. You know, you're going to get games where you deserve to lose that you win, and you're going to get games that you deserve to win that you lose. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that big a deal, you know, in a bubble. Uh, but what is concerning is that we're getting stonewalled by a backup, and that's happened, you know, a couple times already this year. And it also happened in the last playoffs, and it also happened in the playoffs previous, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. the fact that we aren't able to, to finish um, on the very high, you know, probability chances that we do get is definitely concerning. Now, do uh, you think that that's like a, a mental thing, that they go into it thinking that, hey, this is an easy game, let's take off the, or take off the brakes, or I guess like put on the brakes and just like relax into it? Are they just not starting hot? Are they are they taking their their competition um, and not I guess like playing their best? What do you think it is? Yeah, I do think it's mental. because uh, in my opinion, the the least play their worst when they're playing well and it's not going right for them. Uh-huh. They they tend to like when they when they're scoring goals, they get really hot and they just run on instinct and their instinct usually is pretty damn good. You know, so when they're, you know, when Nylander started, you know, getting rolling, he never stopped, you know, and when Matthews and Marner get rolling, they don't stop either. But when they go into a slump, that slump lasts a long time just because the timing of everything's, AKA the you know, entire off. offseason, <laughs> entire playoffs last year. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, yeah. you don't have to look very far for examples of that with this least score. So yeah. I, th- I think it's a mental thing. It happened when we faced New York, the New York Rangers earlier this season. Yeah. Uh, we were getting a shitload of chances. Couldn't bury them. It happened when we faced, um, you know, we'll get to it, but Calgary this week, you know, we faced Dan Vladar, their backup, and we couldn't, we couldn't score. And, you know, in that game, we'll get to it, but we were lucky that they only scored one goal. So, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't have to score a lot to get to OT, but, 
yeah. in my opinion, it's not that big a deal. I think our expected goals uh, for this game in, the, in in LA was like 4.32 or something, and we only scored one goal mm-hmm. over an 82-game sample. That's probably going to even out. But I know that um, uh, if you follow... Okay, so there's an analytical guy on Twitter called Jay Fresh, and he posts a bunch of stuff about it, and we have the lowest uh, expected goals uh, or goal scored above expected. It's like negative 18, and it's How the lowest by a large... A large margin. So expected goals is essentially, uh, it's a it's a measure of the probability of a goal being scored based on a, a bunch of factors like location, uh, shot quality, and all this stuff. And okay, interesting. And essentially, theoretically, what happens is it it evens out. Like your goals scored above ex- expected should be zero, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because, and most for most teams they are. Essentially, it's just a measure of how lucky you've been. Okay. And we've been incredibly unlucky, uh-huh. according to that measure. But at the same time, uh, the reason we are being unlucky is because of things we can control. Uh-huh. You know? Because, like, if you watched this game or or the Calgary game where we were having trouble scoring, it's a, a lot of that goes into the fact that we suck at screening the goalie and creating chaos to, you know, increase the probability of scoring. Yeah, because exactly. that. that that type of stuff can't really be tracked in an advanced statistic like expected goals. Like, you can't measure how well the goalie is screened, you know, their vision of the puckets, you know, how out of position they are, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, that's not possible to actually show up on a stat sheet. Mm-hmm. So there are things we can control about it, but at the same time, we are getting into good locations and shooting from the right spots to to get goals. So the process is there. It's just a matter of, like, fine-tuning and making sure that you can get the goalie off of his game because mm-hmm. we don't do enough of that. And this was a sort of a, the perfect showcase of that in this game, you know, yeah. five one loss. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and like this team has historically started off slow. Um, I guess like every single season um, since the, the Matthews era, we've started off slow. So they do kind of, I guess, either pick it up or they too um, sure up all of these issues. Like as we go later on this season, one thing, yeah, though, for that's, sure. one thing that's kind of funny, though, is uh, the Leafs getting torched by absolute, I don't want to say bad players, but just players that shouldn't be torching us, especially like yep. former Leafs or former Leafs yep, players, exactly. that's huge, Trevor Moore. But the <laughs> other thing, Philip Deneau, this guy went from the <laughs> from torches on the Habs last year in the playoffs to joining, uh, joining the Kings. And I don't know if you knew, know this, but like, um, all of last year, so all of, of the 54 games I believe we played, either 54 or 53 games, he scored five goals all season. Yep. Within one game of playing the Leafs, got two, he scored right? two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he has like more than half the goals that he has um, all, all from all of last year at this point. And two of them have come from, from one game against the Leafs. Like, yeah, honestly... I think What's we single-handedly on? got him that $6 million contract <laughs> with the way he played against us. Like, I don't think... Like, if we bounced Montreal... Firstly, okay, so this is this is insane. If we bounced Montreal middle. in the first round, he probably doesn't get a $6 million contract, right? Oh, yeah, no way. Ducharme probably gets fired. He doesn't get extended as a coach. Mm. And Bergevin probably gets fired, and he doesn't get extended as a GM. You think so? You think they'd, they'd fire Bergevin yeah, for that? Yeah, dude. They were... They, they haven't won anything... And now they're like they're thinking of firing Bergevin now, I and they Bergevin just went to the Cup final. Fine. 
He was yeah, like, but he's been there. He's been there for like eight years, and they have like nothing to show for it up until they beat us, and then went on that Cinderella run. I mean, like, if they true. got bounced in the first round, there's, there was no future for that. You know, they were there were all like when we were up three one, there were literally articles being written about how Bridge Van and Dushan were gonna go. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny so, though you know, that like, it's funny that brutal. we've had how many seasons with uh with Dubis as our GM now, and, like, there's still, there's no repercussions that are coming out of it. I feel like people are still, are, are now, they're, I guess they're, now they're starting to finally call Dubas out and, like, um, and expose him, I guess, for all the dumb trades and all the dumb contract extensions that he's done. But you can't really blame him when the players are just not performing. Yeah, I, I don't really blame Dubas for a lot of the problems the Leafs have. And, yeah, have. Kyle, they uh, were the lowest seed in the North, yeah. It was nuts. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really blame them, uh, blame him too much for a lot of the stuff. Like, obviously, the Marner contract and the Matthews contract and all the contract negotiations he's done with RFAs mm-hmm. hasn't been too too solid. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, like, you know, this team currently is being hampered a lot by um, decisions made previous to him. Yeah. And... Well, I mean, he's kind of getting off of all of that now. Like Tyson Berry, the only reason he was he's there gone was because of Cadre. Like, there's a lot of. Uh, I feel like at this point, the team is his. What if they win? The they team lose, is his. But what I'm saying is, like, you don't have the highest. Like, when when you're a cap team, like the Leafs are, mm-hmm. the best contract for any cap team is an ELC, the entry level contract that yeah. you sign directly out of getting drafted. Yeah. Right. That's the most efficient contract. Kale McCarr was like second in Norris voting two years in a row, and he was getting seven hundred grand a year. Like, that is easily the most efficient contract. Now he's getting nine point five. Like, you know, yeah, that's ten percent of the cap being allocated to one player. Just and you know they performed the the same as last year, and he was getting you know a measly under one mil. Right, yeah. that has to come with good drafting. And what really has hampered us over the past two, three years is the fact that we haven't had any draft picks come up from the, the Lou Lamorello and Mark Hunter era of drafting. You know, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. Uh-huh. Those are four years where the only picks to play on the Leafs have been first rounders. Yeah, yeah, because that was, right? that was um, Nylander was one of those years. Nylander was 2014, Marner, Marner was 2015. And then Matthews. Tur- Travis Dermott is the only person who was drafted second round in uh, yeah, 2015. Yeah, right. uh-huh. And then the rest of them have been, and like, you know, when you look at like the way our entire team is structured in the future, at least in the next couple of years, we're going to have a lot more efficiency within our lower end contracts with guys like Nick Robertson, Rodian Amarov, and then even the depth guys that we've gotten, like they've all got ELCs. Like we've signed them to ELCs. Mm-hmm. We didn't have anyone before that from 2014 to 2017, the only people to have signed an elc with us are first rounders yeah and then if you go from there like in 2018 we have five elcs from that draft draft class alone so that is what we need to utilize and in my opinion like that's a large portion of why our depth has sucked ass Mm -hmm. over the past couple years because we have to and this is partly kyle dubas's fault too for giving marner that contract but you know you kind of have to navigate this scenario of being a cap team without having the most efficient use of cap available to you because you know we fucking drafted igor korshkov instead of alex debrincat 
Yeah, it's a very fine in the second line. round. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Ale- like well, Korshkov was a double a overager. Of, it, a He's lot a of that is overager, hindsight, right? though. And no, but it's not. But they they drafted like shit at the time. <laughs> Korshkov was a double overager. He was two years older than everyone else in that draft class, and he uh-huh. was like playing in the KHL and had limited offensive potential. Numbers? He was okay. He's not a second. He's not a thirty-first overall pick. Like okay. if you think about that, right now, Which Korshkov draft has twenty sixteen. Korshkov has played one game in the NHL uh, with the Leafs at least, and now he's in the AHL, and he's like twenty-six years old. Right? Like, he's not going to amount to anything. At least beyond being a fourth liner at best. Right? Yeah. And. Uh, what, what was I going to say? Yeah, so he didn't even have that great numbers. And a 31st overall pick in today's NHL is a first-round pick because uh-huh. we've had two expansion teams come into the league. Yeah. You, can't, you can't be spending that sort of draft value on a guy that is two years older than everyone else and has a very limited potential. Like, that is when you go for the guys like Alex DeBrincat who have that explosive talent and are just like that. Debrincat is, in my opinion, a dubious pick. Like he would have been. He's a small guy. He's undersized. He's undervalued, and he's bad at skating. Those are things you can develop. You cannot develop IQ. You cannot develop hockey IQ. And if you look at Dubis's drafting strategy throughout his entire thing, he looks at age as a as a huge um, performance factor. Like we've drafted the the uh, the youngest guy in 27, uh, 2018, 2019, 2020. You know, Nick Robertson was the youngest of his draft class. We got him 53rd overall. Yeah. If he was born a week later, he would have been top 15 in the 2020 draft. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got very like, lucky on that pick. Very, but, very uh, lucky. But my point is, like, there's there's a skill to that, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's and Dubis will not see the fruition of that skill that he's shown for a while. For the next, probably for the next two years at least. Mm-hmm. That's when those guys will develop and start, you know. Uh, being high impact on the Leafs. And, and we so, also have a lot of defensemen, and those guys take a lot longer to develop as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, Sandine was a 28th overall pick, and he's he's leapfrogged, like, Liljegren in our in our prospect pool. And, you know, I think uh, Corey Pronman, who's an athletic writer, did a redraft of the 2018, and he put him at 15. Mm-hmm. Like, part of being a good team and, and navigating the cap is drafting well. And we drafted, like, shit for so long, and that's hampered what Dubas can even possibly do with the team. Yeah, yeah. He's had no one come up from those, uh, from those drafts, from those draft years. Like, he's had literally no one come up. Adam Brooks was here for a minute, he was a 2016 fourth rounder, and he's no longer on the team. Yeah, it's You know, like, no one, no one, like, literally no one, (laughs) except for first rounders, are on the team anymore. And that's, (laughs) that's unacceptable. That's, like, completely unacceptable. That sounds exactly like Vegas, but we'll talk about Vegas a little bit later. Yeah, we'll <laughs> talk about it later. Um, uh, but yeah, do we want to move on? I guess that, that, yeah, that was yeah, a good... Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to the Flyers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the Flyers. This is actually a pretty good game. So this was a shutout. The Leafs scored. It was a, uh, it was a 3-0 win for the Leafs. Nylander scored yeah. two, and then Cassie scored one. Yeah. Do you want to talk about so, this game? Yeah, uh... Really, yeah, it was just a clean win. I think everyone performed well. Yeah. Um, I think, okay, so the most, like, surprising and my favorite performance of that night was Nick Ritchie because he probably had okay. his best game as a Leaf uh, because he has been severely disappointing up until now. Um, Nick Ritchie is, like, 240 pounds. 
how has he been disappointing? Yeah. Because we got Nick Ritchie for one reason, and that's to stand in front of the net and screen the goalie and knock pucks in and do stuff like that. And like as I said before, we haven't been doing that well, and that's partly because he loses net front position way too easily. And he's mm-hmm. too big for that. He's like 240 pounds. Like, he's like legit a tank. Oh, he's 240 so he's pounds. And he's... His, his weight. Yeah. Yeah, he's not using his, his body well. And so... Okay. That's, uh... You know, that's that's the main thing. Um, But in this game, he kept the... Because uh, Tavares was out due to injury. He was moved up to power play one, which is a huge opportunity. And he kept the puck alive on two separate plays on that power play uh, by using his hands in tight. And he got a good shot off. And then he gathered his own rebound and, like, seen the sick pass to Nylander who scored, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was his best game by far, um, which is encouraging to see. We just need him to do more of that because we have him for two years at 2.5 million. So that contract isn't really looking good right now. Yeah. Probably the worst contract that we signed over the uh over the off season this year so mm-hmm. you know uh, we need him to perform well because he he fills a void that we don't have anyone else to do you know we don't have that kind of big guy you know it's him it's wayne simmons and that's it right like exactly. bunting's too small yeah. to do that kerfoot's too small to do that they do it they like they're tenacious and they'll they'll attempt to do it but they just don't they have just the don't mass have to like yeah to, to be in net front presence right yeah yeah so we need him to perform well and uh that was his best game by far he still took a really dumb penalty where he ripped the helmet off of someone which was just <laughs> stupid as hell but uh hey, he had his big best guy, game. you gotta scare them a little <laughs> bit <laughs> yeah him and nylander were fantastic yeah. uh Grant and dean were really good that game as well uh especially because they didn't have a good game uh against the kings like they were the they were the defensive pair that got walked by Trevor Moore. So that was probably their only bad game against the Kings. So against the Flyers, they definitely bounced back, which is nice to see. Campbell got a shutout, which obviously means he played well. That's right, uh, but yeah. honestly, like he didn't really have to do much. The defensive structure we had in that game was really, really, really good. Uh, we cleared all rebounds. There was no second chances. Um, yeah, it, it was just a really complete game. And um what else? Uh, Semyonov, uh, Kirill Semyonov, who was a KHL uh, signing over the offseason, played in his first NHL game uh, of his career. He had very limited time, but he wasn't too out of place. You know, he's got nine points in nine AHL games so far this year. That's pretty so good. His yeah. Game, yeah, his game is translated pretty well to North American ice, which isn't always the case. But exactly. uh, he, looked, yeah. he looked pretty good in limited time. He not the most creative person, but skated and forechecked uh which you know he was good yeah in my opinion so yeah i yeah. agree um the leafs they did allow a lot of shots on goals but a lot of them well most of them they didn't look scary at all it just looked yeah they didn't like... look scary and i think it's also yeah. due to like score effects uh because we were ahead and so you know we kind of played conservatively we didn't take too many chances on the rush or anything like that yeah because when you're ahead you're not supposed to because you don't want to you know give them a chance to come into the yeah game you don't want to give them a chance on yeah. like a, an odd man rush back you know you want to limit their chances as best you can and i thought we played like yeah i thought it was just a really good game yeah overall for us yeah this is honestly the most standard game i guess like out of all of them it was very plain very basic yeah um yeah, they exactly. played well but the flyers did not play great at all either so it was kind yeah. of like um i guess it, with la the leafs did not play well at all 
with this one, it was kind of iffy because I know a lot of other analysts are talking about the same thing is like, are the Leafs playing well or was Philly just that much worse than the Leafs in that yeah. game? Right? Were, I mean, Philly just, Philly, just Philly was pretty shit, but yeah. the Leafs played well. And yeah, I think that's agreed. a part of it. Like, you know, you could, you create your own luck, right? You create your own, uh, you know, you can only play the team that's in front of you. And exactly. so exactly. it's nice to see us beat a team that's playing badly yeah and the most the the best part about it like you mentioned earlier as well is they were getting away they were getting rid of all the other um all of the rebounds right so that that i feel like the defensive the defensive portion of that game was was phenomenal yeah and you know we did that all without Tavares. you know kerfoot was our second line center that that game so you know it's it's not exactly like we had an all-star cast that we usually do you know we were missing one of our 11 million dollar guys so uh (laughs) It's good to see, honestly. And yeah. honestly, Matthews didn't even have that great of a game. So, you know, Nylander had was fantastic, but he's yeah. been fantastic like this whole. Yeah, season. he's been uh, he's been the best Leaf. Yeah, by far, by far. Um, okay, let's I guess like move on to the Leafs and Flames. Um, this is the game uh, where it was tied one one, and then the Leafs won it in OT uh, with Matthews. Finally, yeah, it's been so... a while, a long time coming for this guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, again, we got stonewalled by a fucking backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were getting our chances again. But I don't know what it is about goalies that play the Leafs, but they're always so much better than they usually are. <laughs> like, Dan Vladar. Dan Vladar is stonewalled. Like, he was insanely good. And even with the Flames, like, last year with David Riddich, and then we, we got him on our team and he was shit. So, yeah, it's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought we were really good. I thought we controlled most of the play again um yeah matthew's goal was kind of interesting because he had eight shots that game and on the eighth shot he scored and it was the ot winner but that was arguably like the least like the the lowest yeah the least likely to score out of all of his shots like you know he had three shots that were one-timers on the power play that were cross keys cross crease passes right Mm -hmm. and they didn't go in he had a breakaway in the overtime and he tried to go five hole and Dan Vladar barely, you know, barely touched it. So yeah, I believe like it seems like that's a huge thing that's happened to Matthews like this whole season though. Like he's been getting chances, but they just haven't been going through to the back of the net, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, you take the ones you get, right? Like yeah. uh, the one he, you know, the the goal he got in OT was literally just like he came in with the puck, crossed the blue line moved a little to the right and then at the top of the circle he shot a wrist shot and it just went in it was a two-on-two it wasn't an odd man rush like that's a pretty low percentage play for literally anyone other than matthews but matthews shot is so ridiculous that you know it goes in sometimes and so Uh yeah like hats off to the team for staying with it because that was a very frustrating game to probably play in because they were getting a shitload of shots and nothing was going in and uh you know they they were pretty much just barely won but a win's a win. Yeah, agreed. It was it was a very complete game by the team though. Like, I you know you can't I can't really complain about anything regarding that. Like that, yeah, you controlled were, like eighty percent of the play. Exactly. And, you know, even when Calgary scored, they controlled the play after that. Like they didn't slow down. They didn't get deflated because of it, and they eventually got rewarded for it. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was also a very standard game. The next game, though, Leafs and Sabres. Holy! 
Oh shit! What the hell we is going like, on with this game? We played like shit. We played like <laughs> on, like like complete shit, and we got the win. And so that kind of cancels out the Kings game, in my opinion, because we did not deserve at all to win that. This Sabres, okay, so they've been playing pretty well. Like considering they yeah, lost yeah. Uh, Jack Eichel, and we'll talk about yeah, that they've... later on as well. But holy crap, this team is like really turning it on. They've been they've been good for like you know this better part of the first you know like 10 games of the season so yeah um it's interesting to see i didn't think they had a good game this game either though i feel like none and honestly of the teams had like, a good game. yeah Even no, the no one were just yeah really the sabers bad. and the leafs were both really bad yeah which is sad to say that you know we're being even put on the same level as the sabers let alone worse than them so <laughs> you know it's yeah it was just a bad it was just a bad game to watch it was really sloppy and when there's nine goals another, in a game like it's gonna be <laughs> Nine goals in a game, and like, okay, listen to so you know how I said we got like four point four four expected goals, uh, in like the Kings game and the Flames game and stuff like that. Yeah, we had one point nine one in this game, and the Sabers had two point one five, and then the goal oh, like the game ended up five four. That just means like, no, you weren't you weren't even being good offensively, and then on top of that, your goalies were shit and you were bad defense. They're just letting like, everything in, basically. Like, yeah. 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 So um, I don't think we mentioned it, but the game was um it was five to four for the Le- uh for the Leafs. Yeah, so yeah, that was definitely the worst game of the week. Uh Joseph Wall was our goalie that that game. Uh it's his first game in the NHL. I do not blame him for any of the goals against. Uh, <laughs> blame our particularly for because it. we had horrible defensive coverage in all of them. Yep. He did look a little lost, but you know, it's his first game. He's a young kid. It was it was good to see him get the win and it was good to see him like, you know. His mom was in the crowd. It's probably pretty special for him. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely glad that we won that game because the last time we had a rookie goaltender, you know, playing a game was uh, Kaskasuo against Pittsburgh where we lost 6-1 and then back Mike Babcock <laughs> got fired two games later. So luckily we didn't leave him out to dry offensively at least and we scored five goals. So uh-huh. that's nice. Also that Riley game winner with like 11 seconds to go. Did you see that? Did you like watch the replay I, of that? I didn't. But yeah, okay. tell me about it. It bounced. Okay, so it was eleven seconds to go in the in the period. We were tied. Uh-huh. It was gonna go to OT. Riley gets the puck and he shoots it from the from the point. And it bounces off the bar. Okay. Hits outside of the net and then has backspin to go into the net. It just rolls in? It like no, it like bounces in. Like I guess oh. it was a knuckle puck. <laughs> okay. But it like it literally hits like in the crease and uh-huh. then bounces back. I've never seen a shot do that ever in my life. So we okay. got a lot of puck luck in that game. Uh-huh. And also, oh, God, David Camp's, uh the first goal of the game, one nothing was for us. Uh-huh. And it, it might be the goal of the year, and just it was fucking horrible. <laughs> Literally, David Camp just fans on a shot, and it just trickles in, like, very slowly under uh, Aaron Dell, who is their goalie. Yeah. It, it was horrible. Like, yeah, it was, it was just the sloppy game overall. I don't know what... <laughs> what anyone was doing in that game yeah wins a win both sides whatever. you know yeah it's it, it kind of blows it my mind that we got two points from that and not the la game or something like that so yeah uh-huh. it's whatever yeah yeah it's actually cool because like um it was nice seeing like although he's on the other team he's on the sabers it was nice seeing jeff skinner um get in those two goals because like yeah, so he's far been, he's been good this season yeah he's gone five goals in 14 games um last year so last year was the short end of the season obviously that one in, in 50 53 games he got seven goals so he's been yep. playing really really well and how old is he now 28 or something or 29 so uh, i think he's 
29 now. Yeah, he's yeah, not 29. that... He's, I guess, like, he's in his prime, but he's not that old. He's been playing pretty well. Yeah, he's well. not that old. Yeah. Uh, it's the contract that's horrible for him. Yeah, yeah. He's getting, like, $9 million, so he's got to be a lot better. But, uh, yeah, uh, give, given that they don't have a lot of talent on that roster, you know, they're that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're rebuilding, and I think they're doing a good job of it, and I guess we can get into the Eichel trade now that we're talking about the Sabres, too. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, let's do that. Okay, so um, I guess let, let me just talk about like what happened in the trade, and then we can I'll ask you about and like we'll break down each part of the trade itself. Does that, does that sound that good? Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this happened like last week, the week before I believe, but there was a huge trade with Jack Eichel. Finally, um, this is this has been talked about for months now, um, and surprisingly, the Golden Knights got him. I really thought that he was going to go to the Flames. But um, regardless, so the Golden Knights received Jack Eichel and a conditional pick. I'll explain the conditional pick. Um, and the Sabres got Alex Tuck, which is actually, I looked into him. He's actually a really, really good player. This is a, a good piece to build, or well, not to build around, but he's a good supplemental piece as well. Um, they also got Peyton uh, Krebs, I believe. Krebs. Yeah, Peyton Krebs. Yeah, that's how you say it. Um, he's a 20-year-old, uh, we don't really know too much, I'll ask you a little bit more about him as well, and, um, the conditions for the picks, so they got two conditional picks, so, if the first round pick, um, in 2020, uh, or sorry, 2022 for Vegas is not in the top 10, then the Sabres get Vegas's first round in 2022, and the second round in 2023. Now, if the, yes. uh, first round pick is in the top 10 for this coming year so in 2022 the saber gets vegas his first round in 2023 and the second in 2024 and then vegas or sorry and then um the knights get buffalo's uh third round in 2024 so they basically swap picks on that yeah they swap picks on that yeah so that was the conditional pick um i guess first let's talk about uh each of the the, the players that uh that sabers got and then we can talk about uh, Jack Eichel and like how he can finally get his his dis replacement because holy crap! Or actually, let's yeah. talk about Jack Eichel first. Let's he he was a big part of the trade. Let's talk about him. So he is going to be out for three to five months, but he's finally yeah. getting the disc replacement that he wanted to get. I think yeah, that was so, a huge part of uh, of this whole thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, to give some background, uh, so Jack Eichel was. Uh, going to get surgery for his for his spine for his neck and so he wanted to get a surgery that the sabers disapproved of and the sabers didn't let him which is why he ended up requesting a trade and why it was so um you know uh it's so divisive i guess uh, between the team and the and eichel so uh that's why this whole thing kind of happened is because he wanted to get the surgery and the surgery was divisive to Buffalo because it hasn't been done on a hockey player before. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's pretty much it. That was just some background. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It was, uh, it was kind of weird though, seeing that they wouldn't let him do anything, I guess like this whole time. Cause this injury happened last year. It's been, it's been yeah. a while since he's been, yeah, injured. they were, they were sort of in a holdout. Cause if he did the surgery, uh, the Buffalo Sabres owner, had i guess the right to void his contract mm -hmm. um because 
So this is definitely going to be a conversation in the next like uh, negotiation between the Players Association and the NHL. Yeah. But um, yeah, essentially the the owners and the and the team has full say of what a player does with their their body regarding injuries. Um, and so that's why there was kind of a holdout. Eichel didn't want the surgery they they wanted him to get. The he thought the uh, for the long term health of himself and rightfully so for the long term health of himself that he thought the the surgery he wanted was better and he got plenty of doctors opinions on it but buffalo was pretty steadfast on him doing the other surgery mm-hmm. because of you know the risk most likely because of yeah way. short-term risk is mm-hmm. the idea like you know so it's a pretty fucked up situation so i'm glad it kind of worked out for for eichel and he got to move out and he's on a good team rather than you know being on some shitty team where he can't make the playoffs because he's never played in the playoffs before mm-hmm. and he's you know, so it's it's good for him, in my opinion. So it's nice yeah. to see him get put to Vegas. Yeah, Vegas is a is a great place. We'll talk about um, him getting moved to LTIR in just a bit. Um, but yeah, let's talk about uh, what the Sabers got now. So... Yeah, so the Sabers originally were asking, at least during negotiations, uh, were asking for the equivalent of four first round picks. Mm-hmm. And so what they come out with was Alex Tuck a first-round pick, Peyton Krebs, and a second-rounder, right? Mm-hmm. So Alex Tuck was a first-round pick, but he's 25 years old. He's kind of a known quantity at this point. He's a middle-six winger and a good one at that. Um, Peyton Krebs was a 2019 first-rounder. He yep, was uh, 17th picked overall. 17th overall, I believe, yeah. And then a top-10 protected first-round pick and then a second-rounder. So it's that it's not actually that far off of what they were asking for. I was originally a little more down on this trade on the Buffalo side of things because... Um, I thought they could have gotten more, but considering the circumstances of Eichel wanting out and the whole tumultuous like situation with the Sabres, um, they actually did pretty well. You know, they came out with a solid player who's young enough to be uh, kind of on their core for their rebuilding gears, but still good enough to play when they're a good team, you know, in the next four or five years. He's 25 years old right now, so, you know, if their rebuild lasts four years... He'll be 29 and he'll still be able to play in, in that middle six role and be a leader on their team. So that's pretty good. Peyton Krebs is really underrated, in my opinion. He's a solid prospect. The only thing I wish they did, and I wish it was a sticking point for them, is to not top 10 protect that pick from Vegas. And the reason for that is because Vegas is missing Jack Eichel this year. They're missing Stone and they're missing Pacioretty for long portions. Yeah. There's a chance that that pick is this year. Be... It's going to be 10. in the top 10. Yeah. yeah. And you protecting that, and if it moves to next year where there are Stanley Cup contenders, you're pretty much guaranteeing you're getting a late first. Yeah. And the drop-off from late first to mid first, or even top 10, is crazy. And, you know, that should have been a sticking point for them to be like, no, like, we want we want this, we want this pick, right? Yeah. Because in my opinion, getting, you know, Peyton Krebs, who's a mid first, a late first, a second rounder, and then Tuck, who's a middle six winger, that doesn't sound as good as getting like the, you know, this top 10 pick. Exactly. So in my opinion, that should have been a huge negotiating point. And I hope it was uh, for the Buffalo administration. And I hope they weren't just like, yeah, you can top 10 protect it. Who cares? Cause you know, it it has so much value being, you know, being unprotected, especially in this year where Vegas is, is going to struggle losing, missing like three of their best players. Right. So exactly. 
And if you look at the standards, like who would have got, who would have guessed that the Sabers would be uh, at the top of the table versus, uh, versus the Golden Knights who are completely yeah, exactly. at like, the bottom. No one was really expecting Vegas to be bad. So yeah. So this you know on, under normal guy. circumstances, I would be fine with top ten protecting it because it wouldn't even be projected that Vegas would be doing poorly. Mm-hmm. But under the circumstances we are in, where we know that uh, Pacioretty and Stone are out long term, and then Eichel will miss like four months. Yeah. Like, why would you top 10 protect it? There's a really good chance of that happening. You know what I mean? So Yeah, exactly. But what that's my think, opinion of that. So what, what do you think about um, about other teams? Because I know there was a huge a huge thing about um, about the Flames, especially. Yeah. Uh, where they were so able that, to trade uh, Kachuk for that. Yeah, that was partly why I was kind of disappointed at first with the return that Buffalo got. Because the report was by uh, Kevin Weeks, I believe, and he said it was Kachuk in, like, two firsts or something like that. Yeah. And Buffalo should take that and run with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a bit weird seeing that the return that they actually got was less. Uh, but what I think uh, was being reported after was that Weeks' report wasn't entirely correct. I believe what was happening was that's what the Sabres were asking for, but that's not what Calgary offered. Oh, I see. Right? Okay. So... If that offer was on the table for for the Sabres, you you take that over what they got. Like exactly. it's 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 a really good deal. But what I've read is that it's that wasn't actually what was being offered by Calgary. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes sense what happened. Um, and I believe Calgary and Buffalo have both stated that their report was false. So uh, I guess so it the makes insider sense. sources from R one <laughs> they, they came out and said that. <laughs> from me reading Twitter accounts and actual insiders, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, they they actually they got good return anyways. Like it's yeah, they, it's all right for, for the for the circumstances they were put in. Like I I give like I tip my hat to to Kevin Adams, who's the Buffalo GM, mm-hmm. for being put in this horrible situation that was in no part his own. Like at the end of the day, it's the owner's fault for not letting him get the surgery. Yeah, you know it's, that's not up to the GM. It's the owners just being dickheads. Yeah, and so you put your GM into a pretty tough position where you're, you know biggest star player wants out and is like refusing to even like you know work with you and for correct reasons so Mm -hmm. he did actually a really good job and so you know being put in that position is really hard i think like it's it's very similar to the situation that ottawa was in with melnick and and pierre dorian who was the gm of the senators when uh he wasn't willing to pay any of his guys and they all left and now and now the senators are kind of looking looking all right Mm -hmm. even after when they traded carlson everyone thought they got a bad return right so you know it's tough to be in that position where you have to trade a star player i think they did a decent job in terms of return and they're finally committed to actually rebuilding as well so Mm -hmm. now there's also a lot talked about no retained um salary so a lot of people are saying that um I guess it was a good thing that they did not return uh, retain salary because um, uh, if you are looking to to rebuild um, and potentially be a contender within the foreseeable future, you don't want to have probably around like five million dollars, four million dollars taken up in your sal in your cap salary uh, from retained. But yeah, for sure. Realistically, I don't see the Sabers becoming contenders within the next. I guess like four years i you can you yeah. can whittle it down as well you don't need to give like the whole five five million for all all the remaining contract uh, duration as well right uh i'm not sure if you can do part years but 
the I think the sticking point with that is Eichel's contract is is a pretty long time, right? So it's, it's five like more six years. Or, is it five more years? It's 2025-2026. That's yeah. So retaining sucks. retaining for five years could put you in a in a binding. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we could talk about the Leafs here. We retained on Phil Kessel, and that's coming off the books next year. But we like, were, we're in still a lot ret- better position at that point, though. We had yeah, but all we, the star we turned, players. Buffalo no, does not really. Uh, when we traded, when we traded Kessel, we didn't. Yeah, that's that's the year we signed. Uh, we signed Matthews. No. No, no, no. It was it was before that. He was he was off the team in 20, 2015, that? I think. He was so off that the was team after signing Marner or after drafting Marner. It was after drafting Marner, but before Matthews. Okay. Okay. And we retained on. Uh, we retained one point two million on him, and that that's gone on. And you know we could really use that one point two million right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that—that's a huge, huge portion of, of our cap crunches that we're retaining on Kessel. So I can understand why Buffalo didn't want to retain. The issue is they could have taken back a contract, like they could have uh, utilized yeah. their cap space and been like, "We can take one of your contracts if you give us a better deal." Because uh-huh. like, usually these bad contracts aren't that long. Like you know, you're not retaining salary for six years if you take on a bad contract, right? You could like. They were under the cap floor, you know what I mean? So they could uh-huh. utilize their cap space and really get a shitload of assets to make their to make their uh, situation a lot better. But they didn't do that, which was surprising. But I do agree that retaining salary on Eichel was probably a bad move just because, you know, you don't know what happens in three years. You might be a contender by then, depending yeah. on how you draft. Like, you know, they've gotten Owen Power. They got a shitload of prospects because they've been shit for like 15 years. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> basically as long you know, as the leaves were shipped for it yeah exactly and <laughs> and they've they got, got a ton a ton of high draft picks to show for it and yeah. so they could turn it around in the next four years and if they're still retaining an eichel that could really put uh you know that could really limit you into what you could do so in yeah. my opinion they could have done a better job of you know taking on a bad contract mm-hmm. uh rather than retaining on eichel to get a sweeter deal that makes sense. Yeah, that would that would that would be a better, um, I guess, like middle ground between that. Because once you get the the contract, um, by the time your contenders, hopefully, the contract will be off the books at that point, anyways. And even if you get another extra first round pick, or maybe even um, part of the deal with the the conditional uh, the conditional picks, if you remove that condition and just say that it's an unprotect or it is a uh, unprotected first round regardless in 2022, that could also sweeten the deal as well. Like that could work yeah, out too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I guess like we can also talk about the the LTIR situation that Vegas has going on, like right yeah, now. Yeah, it's pretty insane. How much do they have nuts. in LTIR right now? So I believe it's um it's above fifteen mil. I believe it's like seventeen mil because right now they have Eichel for ten million, Max Pacioretty for seventeen, and then they have Jake Bis Biscoff. I believe that's. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, I don't know, but that he's on for for seven uh seven hundred thousand dollars. So they're around the 17.7 uh, 17.7 mil a year in LTIR. Wow. That's they're gonna pull nuts. a they're gonna pull a lightning. Exactly. Yeah. Cap. And I thought the Leafs were pretty bad until I saw last year with the lightning, and I thought that, that team was really bad with LTIR. And yeah. then I see Vegas. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cap shenanigans that go on. So I wonder what they're gonna do with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could do a lot with LTIR space. Uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, but I mean. It's never a bad thing to have LTIR space, regardless. So yeah, <laughs> they're, exactly. They're they're liking every moment of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess okay. So this is another uh, a segment that I kind of wanted to kind of wanted to to get your take on. Um, yeah, go for it. 
So LTIR is a really stupid, stupid thing in, uh, <laughs> in, in terms of cap situation. It's so complicated. I it's, barely yeah, understand it right now. Complicated. Yeah, it's so stupid. And the the funny thing about this is like the teams that actually know how to work around um, LTIR before this was essentially just the Leafs. And the only reason was because we had a guy that worked on... Yeah. Our assistant the GM LTIR. created the CBA. <laughs> yeah, like what the hell? <laughs> and then yeah, I yeah. feel like they saw that and they're like, "Wait a minute, we Teams can got play capologists. This. Yeah. yeah, so um, they're specifically guys who are hired to navigate the cap, yeah. and that's like their entire job. Uh, yeah. And they work with the GM. And yeah, it's the reason you have to do that is because the cap is very complicated to the point where there's a shitload of weird minor loopholes that you can do to to accrue cap space mm -hmm. that i do not fully understand and ltir has a ton of rules which just are like why is this this should be so simple it should just be like <laughs> is this guy injured yes or have no. him out you're good <laughs> like, okay okay before know. you it's, give it's too really much weird. though before you give too much um, if there's actually people who are still listening and actually here type one in chat because <laughs> this next segment that i wanted to get involves your input from chat if people are not here then i'll be the deciding factor on this but if there are people here type one okay we got abby that's me oh that's you <laughs> okay okay never mind uh okay we got kyle still. oh i got kyle okay kyle will be the deciding factor at least we have one person okay kyle first of all do you know how familiar are you with ltr please don't google it if you if you if you don't know if you don't know There's just no just say you don't know We're gonna wait till chat picks up and then see. Sort of familiar. Okay. Well, don't look up anything else. Don't try to like get, get familiar with it. Armand, yeah. I want you to explain LTIR as if you're explaining it to a complete newbie. Someone who has no I don't idea even what know LTIR for this is the, <laughs> Exactly. That's that's the fun of the segment. Okay. You're gonna so. ex try to explain it, try to explain it to a newbie. You don't have to go too complicated, but at the end of this, we're going to get Kyle to vote on if you did a good job, yes or no. And then we'll think of some kind of like, um, we'll think of some kind of punishment if you can't get it. But <laughs> Okay, so should I start? Um, yeah. Do you want me to give you a timer? Yeah. Okay, let's do a timer. I think that'll be kind of fun. Locker. Okay. Okay. So we're going to have a timer. Don't Google anything. I swear to God. Yeah, I won't. I got it all in my head. I'm okay, look at this guy. I'm a capologist myself. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get his uh, trying to get signed by the Leafs now, eh? Dubas, if you're if you're out there listening, you got this guy. He's got all the insider information. You have no idea. <laughs> all these guys who uh who get their sources, they go to Armand first. Okay, I'm gonna okay. give you two minutes. Okay, is that do you think oh, that's enough minutes. time? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's enough time. Or should I make it one minute thirty seconds? No, no, no. make two it two minutes. minutes. There's a lot okay. to go over. Okay. Actually, no. Can you make it make it one minute thirty seconds. I could do that. You think so? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. One minute thirty seconds. He's getting cocky I... now. Okay. I just okay. want to put this on record. He decided to do this. Okay. Ready? Three, okay. two, one, go. Okay. So the NHL has a hard cap, meaning that you cannot go over that cap over of the salaries of of the salary of the players you roster, right? So the LTIR stands for long term injured reserve, and it's essentially stating if a player on your team will be out for a long period of time you can put them on to ltir and 
when a player is on an LTIR, the team can exceed their cap by the amount that the player on LTIR makes, right? So the amount that a team can exceed the cap is specifically what the LTIR pool is. Um, so if it, uh, so the, okay, so what the Lightning did last year, right, was put their star player, Nikita Kucherov, on LTIR for the entire season, right? So they had, I think, 9 million in LTIR for him alone. Now, the interesting thing is when the playoffs happen, cap no longer matters and you can exceed the cap by however much you want. So they had him on the LTIR for the entire year, meaning they could have go $9 million over the cap for the entire year. And then when playoffs hit, they brought him back. And the $9 million that they used for guys that they brought in the regular season now doesn't matter. They could be on the team as well, right? So then essentially you can go over cap with guys on LTIR. And then when the playoffs hit, cap doesn't matter. So that's how teams kind of get around loopholes of uh, making themselves much better on the playoffs by using LTIR to go over the cap. Done. What the? Okay. Is that good? That was, okay, no, 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 I'm not gonna give Kyle, how do you think he did? Yay or nay? Did he do a good job? Pretty good. Pretty good. Suck my dick, I Kyle. agree. <laughs> that was good. Yo, that was insane. I, I don't know how you did that. Dude, I'm you got it down to a T. Were you proud? I swear, I, d I did not tell him about this no, question. No, you didn't, you didn't tell me this beforehand. I was so I'm certain he's gonna fuck up. I was like, I was going into this, and I, right before this call, I, I talked to him, and I was like, you're gonna mess this up. <laughs> okay, but like, Dude, we needed a complete newbie. No, but honestly, that was pretty good. Like, if I, I was actually like reducing my brain to like void all hockey I stuff. I mean, that's a, that's the lame that made stuff sense. of it, though. Like, there's a lot more that goes into it about how but you, hit you the can. Point. I didn't the think. I didn't think you, you'd be, you'd, I thought you'd get flustered and you wouldn't hit on the point that, like, in the playoffs, it goes away. I yeah, thought, that's a I big thought story you'd from that. last year. That yeah. That's a big story from last year, so that's why I wanted to hit on that. Oh, uh, dude. You did a good job. Actually, that was really good. And you hit it on T, like, not, I'm not even joking. On zero, you finished it. Yeah. I, you said five seconds. I, I counted that in my head. That was perfect. Holy, okay. That was really well done. That was really, really well done. It's a good lot job. more complicated, and I definitely didn't hit on all the points. No, nah, no, nah, he did very good. He did very good. See, Kyle didn't know about the playoff then. There you go. Learn something every day. <laughs> that was impressive. That was very impressive. Thank that'll you, be that'll be a clip that I'll put on. <laughs> you know what that could be? That could be a TikTok clip. <laughs> oh, my God. Get Rishi. Yeah. We need a manager for our TikTok account. Yeah, for real. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Are you you doing good? You need a break or we want to finish no, off with the last topic? Yeah, let's finish. Let's finish it off. All right, the cool. Olympics. Last part. We want to talk about the Team Canada. Well, we want Theorycraft Team Canada's 2022 Olympic hockey roster. So, full disclosure, like at the time um, that we're doing this, so far three people on the Canadian roster have already been confirmed. We've got Crosby. McDavid and uh, Trangelo. Yeah. So those are those have already been confirmed. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Those would have been on our, our list regardless. Um, you don't know that. Tell me you're not... Who do, <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't have McDavid on my list. Yeah. I, I I'm actually interested to see if you put McDavid or Crosby as your first your first line. Okay. Oh, by the do you way, want to just go over the rosters? Yeah, but, but first off, I just want to say this. 
I pussied out. I did, I did not make a list at all. You dumbass. I, okay, you listen. came up with this segment, you fucking idiot. <laughs> listen, I came into this and I was like, I was trying, I was looking, I was looking over it and I was like thinking about, about potential lines and I'm like, there's so many different options. Like you could realistically have two Canadian teams that could fight for gold. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, there's like, a lot to work with, especially with their forward core. Exactly. Like, and like, it's, it's, the it's top crazy. two lines are, are probably... Okay, so in the top two line, most likely you'll have a combination of like... In one line, it'll be like Crosby, uh, McKinnon, and like Marshawn. And then the next line could be like McDavid, Marner, and, uh, and Huberdeau. Now, yeah. you could swap in a lot of stuff. Like in, for Crosby's line, instead of having McKinnon, you can put him as a center, which he normally plays, yeah. and put Bergeron on that side. And with McDavid's side... Um, you could drop Marner, you can put in someone else. Like, Stamkos, in my list I originally had, Stamkos wasn't even on that. Which is yeah. insane. He's just got off a Stanley Cup win. Really? I have Stamkos in mind. I initially didn't even have him on my list. Like, Stamkos did not make it at all. And I was looking at this, and I'm like, there's no way. This team is, it's so difficult theory crafting the roster for this. The defensive core is a lot easier. Even, like, the goalies is, is very easy. But the forwards, yeah. I could not. It was just, yeah, yeah. there were so many different factors. And then I tried to look into, like, who's played on lines before. So that's why I got, like, the, the crosby Marshawn, And then I know uh, in the offseason, Crosby, um, crosby and McKinnon, uh, they practice in their offseason together. And that's a, a huge reason why McKinnon has, has started performing. Awesome. Become a superstar. Yeah. yeah, it's because of, of Crosby. So I'm like, yeah. I really want them to be together. But also... It would be nice having McKinnon. Just imagine having Crosby, McDavid, and McKinnon as your as, as your three line. centers. Yeah, that's nuts. Like, yeah. holy crap! Yeah, there's a, there's a lot you can do with this team. There's a lot. Yeah, I have I have mine. What I think is okay. I'm not actually what I think here. is the what will happen. Okay. But what I think is best from a team composition okay. perspective. I'm really excited to hear this. Like, I'm not even okay. joking. Let's hear it. So. And go, go uh, in, in list, because I want to know if you start with McDavid uh, as your number okay. one line, or I'll start, Crosby. I'll do, okay, so my line one, I'll or do left wing, do center, right wing. One. Just be... <laughs> right? So yeah. my left wing, right wing, uh, left wing, center, right wing for line one is Brad Marchand on left wing. Wait, wait, Connor one McDavid center. Wait, 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 one second, one second, one second. Let me write this out so that it might be a little bit easier for, for people to see um, while okay. we're doing this, okay? You going to put uh, it on screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll wait for that then. Okay. All right, yeah. Okay, so who do you have? Okay, so I've got... We're going to go left to right, okay? Yeah. Marchand. Yeah. McDavid. Really? McKinnon. What? How do you even spell that? How do you spell that? McKinnon? Oh, it's M-A-C. M-A-C-K-I-N-N-O-N, I believe. Yeah, I think you Are you crazy? Okay, so this is... Let me explain. Marshawn and McKinnon with McDavid? I thought, yeah, first when thing, you said McDavid Marshawn, is... I thought you were saying Crosby right away. No, no, McDavid's the best best player in Agreed. hockey. Agreed, Agreed, Right? Yeah. He's way too dynamic to uh, to put on your second line center, and I think Crosby, I'll, I'll get to Crosby in a second, but McDavid, McKinnon, and Marshawn are just like, they're the perfect line. Like, you've, you've got everything. You've got two guys who are explosive in terms of skating. One, like, McKinnon as a skater is powerful, mm-hmm. right? Like, he's just pure, like, fast A to B, 
right? He doesn't have that agility that McDavid has, but he's crazy good as like this power forward type of player. Marshawn is a shit disturber, right? And he's a guy who's really good on the forecheck. And then McDavid is just, he's McDavid. He's the best player ever. He could do everything. You've got the shooter, you've got the grinder, you've got the playmaker. It's just like a really nice line. And they're all fantastic players. See, I agree. This line is good. But I thought you would go, well, I personally prioritize like past uh, synergy. Because like the Marchand, Crosby, and uh, Bergeron have always been a great line for Team Canada. So I, I agree. I just think I that. think age is a factor here that okay. we need to, you know, really like McDavid yeah. is now in his prime. Yeah, yeah. Crosby is past that, and so he's still like fucking really good. But McDavid's a better player. Yeah. So okay. give him the better players to work with. Okay. Like McKinnon, who's still insane, and Marshawn. Uh, I mean, he's not in his prime anymore, but he's not reached that decline yet. You know what I mean? He's yeah. not at that age yet. Um, my second line, which will be surprising to you, because you didn't even have him on, is Stamkos. Wait, 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 I put it on. Stamkos? With Crosby and with Marner. Okay. Now, the reason I have this is Stamkos is arguably the best scorer on the entirety of the Canada roster, in terms of being a shooter. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of just having that explosive shot. He's essentially right? the, the Vetchkin that, of Team Gannon. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, yeah. he sets up in his office, and he is just... He has the best shot on that team. Yeah. You know, he scored 60 goals. He's the last person to ever do that. Uh, it was obviously a long time ago. But he's capable of that. Uh-huh. Giving him Crosby and Marner gives him probably the two best passers in the league. Not in the league, but sorry. But two of, two of the best passers in the league. Uh-huh. Uh, Crosby is obviously good at everything. He's a fantastic center. Yeah. Uh, he's can score goals himself. I think it's just a, again a line that works from a forechecking, from a sniper, from playmaking, from a grinding, from a defensive standpoint. I think Crosby and Murner are both fantastic defensively. Um, so yeah, it's got everything as well. I'm so surprised with this. I thought you would put McDavid and Marner together together because they I don't think played... they work together. Hey, I mean, they played in the, Compared, in the juniors together. Yeah, they played in the juniors together, but McDavid with McKinnon, like, from a from a perspective of synergy, works a lot better because, you know, McDavid and Marner are both extremely agile skaters, yeah. and they go east to west a lot, but they don't have that north-south speed that or north-south, like, playmaking ability that McKinnon does, where he can just plow through people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And both McDavid and Marner play on the perimeter a lot, and they're really good at finding the person in that scoring position to get the easy tap in. Uh-huh. But neither of them are going to be really in the net front. They're super good on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas Marchand is going to be on the net front. McKinnon is, you know, can play pretty much everywhere, but he's got a good shot. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, Marner is a playmaker. No, yeah, yeah. Of course. Like, your stuff makes Giving sense. Giving him someone like Stamkos is crazy good yeah it's essentially it's pretty much matthews marner <laughs> like sam <Coates laughs> is what matthews is just with a slap shot instead of a wrist shot yeah 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 agreed um it i mean with team canada you can't go wrong um i my what i personally was going off of was just past synergy but this totally makes sense especially seeing like mcdavid and mckinnon are going to be the stars for the future anyways so getting that synergy built up now um, that's going to carry yeah, on for the next few Olympics they, is going to be huge too. I don't think they're young enough, like too young to to perform 
under these circumstances. Like, they're not, like, 19 or 20 anymore. Like, these oh, guys no, are, like, 24, been... 25. Yeah. They're in their prime. Like, they yeah. are built to play these games now. Yeah. So, to you know me, what's that's... scary, though? McDavid, technically... I still think he has room to grow. Oh, yeah, he definitely does. Like, that's the guy's, nuts, like, on a 180-point pace. So he's, like, crazy... He's doing crazy shit. He's... So... He's insane. Yeah, Oilers, that's why he's your first so line lucky. center. He's so lucky. Okay, anyways, next, next, next line. I have a what I would describe as a shutdown line. It will be up against the op- opposition's best lines. If you don't say Huberto, I'm going to be so mad. Uh, it is Huberto. Okay, all right. Huberto, Bergeron, and Stone. Huberto, Bergeron, and Stone? Yeah. Do you think he's going to be healthy when, when it comes to the Olympics? Yeah, yeah, I think he's back by that. Okay, okay. He, I he should be back by by January. Yeah, it's yeah. just a, it's just a crazy line. Like this line is actually a lot of fun. <laughs> defensive, the defensive ability of that line is ridiculous, and yeah. also their stars. Like, like I know a lot of people had um, like Couturier on their list, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, Bergeron fills that role, but is like better offensively. So, you know, I it, to me that's just a great. A great bottom six line. They have the offensive ability that stars have while being all being really good two way players. Like they could all win the Selkie, in my opinion. Like they're they're yeah. crazy good. Yeah. Uh my fourth line is Braden Point. Okay. With Ryan O'Reilly and John Tavares. So this is the hardest line to do because Oh, you put JT on it. O'Reilly and Tavares, I think, are not exactly shoe ins. To make the roster. Yeah, I didn't have Tavares on my on my list. Uh, yeah, I think Tavares and or like again, this is a good bottom six. Uh, like bottom six construction, because in my opinion, like you can't have everyone be this offensive. Like you know, you need people to take these defensive assignments and defensive draws and stuff like that. So you need these like your, your bottom six should be obviously stars. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna put like you know, some random Erickson Eck or something like that in there, who's a really good defensive player but doesn't have that offensive ability. Yeah. All these guys are really good offensively, but they're known for their two-way play. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, Braden... And, again, you got a line of all centers. Yeah. Braden Point, O'Reilly, and Tavares. You know, if O'Reilly gets kicked off the draw, you got, like, a 54% face-off guy yeah. in Tavares, and then Braden Point, who's also really good and is also a center. Like, it's just the perfect defensive line, again, that has that offensive ability. You have the exact construction that a team requires, which is being having a bottom six that can take, out, take on defensive roles and still score, and then having that top six that is purely Offense. offensively just gifted. Like, yeah. completely... like. If McDavid takes every offensive zone draw, you're you're golden. Like he will just run up the score, and then you have Bergeron, Stone, and Huberdeau taking the defensive draws and being like PK. You know, mm-hmm. like this is just a roster that has guys who power play, who has guys who PK, who has guys that are two way, purely offensive. It's just everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so many good players that that are left off of this team. Like, there could easily be another another team canada that could go yeah. in there like yeah, it's crazy all right let's see with your defense uh your defense defense is a lot harder i want to uh, see if you have riley in this <laughs> uh of course i do for the record okay yeah i believe <laughs> i have uh theodore Shay theodore and okay. alex petrangelo as my first pair and then Pe- 
Tran Jillo. Let's see if I did that right. I I a hundred percent misspelled that, but okay. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, that in my opinion is your best pairing, just because they've got the age and experience, and yeah. are both Physical. really really good on both sides of the uh, ice. Like both of them are really good on the offensive side, and they can both PK can shut down or go everything. really yeah. good at shutting down a cycle. It's yeah. just really really solid. Next, I have um, Aaron Ekblad with Kale McCarr. Oh, uh, okay. And so I put Ekblad with McCarr because... Uh, How do you spell that? Well, McCarr, McCarr is arguably the best defenseman on this team. M-A-K-A-R. M-A-K-A-R, okay. Yeah, uh, he's arguably no the best defenseman. Is. Kale McCarr? Yeah, I have no idea. What? <laughs> I have no idea. He's young. He's like 20 years old. He's on he's on the Avalanche. Uh, he okay. was second in Norris voting last year. Okay. Um, he's ridiculous. He got like 90 points as a defenseman. Like uh -huh. he's, or he was on a 90 point pace, I guess, because it was a shortened season. But uh, he's ridiculous good. Um, really good in transition. Crazy good at skating up the ice. Really good offensively. His defensive numbers are also really good, but giving him a guy like Ekblad, who is experienced and bigger, like Makar is a pretty small dude compared. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's just it's just good. Ekblad has clearly shown, you know, on Florida that he's got the ability to uh, to play with someone like Makar because um, you know they got guys like Uyghur and the uh, you know those younger guys who are really good in transition. Yeah, and he's you know he's just a good rock for that line. My third pair is. Riley with uh, Dougie <laughs> Hamilton. Okay, okay. I put Riley in. He's a leaf. <laughs> you know, that's that's the main reason. Yeah. But he's a he's not like a bad. He's not bad player. either. Like, he's not like, defensively think, minded, but he has good offense. Yeah, but I think Hamilton makes up for that because I think Hamilton's really good as a two way guy. And then on top of that, you know, you got enough guys on this defensive core that PK, and you got enough that power play. Yeah. And. You know, if you if you run your PK with Theodore Petrangelo, Ekblad Hamilton, that's a like that's a good penalty kill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then Makar and and uh, Riley on the power play is is pretty damn fucking good. You know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just a good good roster. I think Chabot could go in in place of Riley. I think they're interchangeable. Okay. Uh, I think Doughty might get a look in, but really? I don't like him. I don't like. I think he will just because he's, he's been on every Canada roster. Well, He's I been on every Canada roster, and I agree. I agree. I don't want him in. I think he might get a look. Well, I okay. So I think the biggest. I think he might get a look over Hamilton because you have the. Uh... No, but okay. Listen, it's so, a, it's, I think it's a matter biggest, of like his biggest yeah, fan. His biggest fan by far was Babcock, and since Babcock obviously for <laughs> obvious reasons is not going to be the coach of Team Canada for the first time in forever. Um, I think that's amazing. Imagine if they do that. <laughs> it just goes from Saskatchewan all the way to Team Canada coach. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't think he's. Gonna, I think he he would have maybe had a shot if Babcock, like for God knows why, comes back and <laughs> coaches this team. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he'll get. A, I don't think he'll make it, but I I I wouldn't be surprised. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Fair. He's um, he's done so good on the national stage. Yeah. And he's been he's been. Not good recently, uh -huh. but he started off the year really well this year. So he's injured right now. So I, I don't even know if he'll be back, but uh, it's it, it wouldn't be something that really surprises me if they were just like, he's been good before and he's not that old. He's only 33 or whatever. So maybe, 
you know? Uh, but I, I wouldn't put him over any of the guys that we have. He's yeah. 31, so he's not even older than that. Like, you know, he's still capable. But Hamilton, McCarr, and Petrangelo are all better than him. There's so better options. I don't see him. Exactly. Yeah. There's one thing that um, the Mighty Kiwi, I don't know who that is, but um, we see, I see your comment. Um, just give, me, give us one second. Let me finish off uh, getting Armand's goalies, and then we can address what you were saying. Okay. Right, I disagree with that statement. Yeah, I know, but still, let's get the goalies. <laughs> I'm a Leaf fan. <laughs> get, get the goalies. Uh, goalies, this was really hard to do. And this is where Canada is by far the weakest? weaker yeah. than the U.S. and yeah. Russia specifically. Yeah. And it will be a very interesting thing coming to the Olympics is how they actually do. Because my goalies are Carey Price. Yep. Also coming back, or is he back from injury yet, or is he still injured? Uh, he wasn't even injured. It was a mental health thing. Oh, but he's, was it that? Okay. He's he's now preparing to to play again. He's kind of got to go through the conditioning stint. Okay. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a mental health thing, and he was in like um, he was in the program for that. So okay. uh, for a month, but he should be ready for the playoff. I mean, okay. for the uh, for the Olympics. I have Marc-Andre Fleury, who is off to one of the worst starts of any goalie <laughs> in the NHL right now, but it's Marc-Andre Fleury. And, you gotta um, believe in the, the flower. Yeah, and that, and then, because I have two old guys, I was like, you know, the, the, there are three options here, in my opinion. There's Darcy Kemper, mm -hmm. who's also off to a bad start, okay. Jordan Bennington, and yeah. Carter Hart. Okay. Those are the guys that I think are probably in the running. So we get one now, substitute, Kemp though. Yeah, so Kemper, I don't, I didn't put in just because we already have two veterans, and you know we already have two question marks in terms of how they'll be because you know Price, he's really good. He was really good in the playoffs last year, but he hasn't had a good regular season in some time. Yeah, Flurry just got a Vezina winning season and has it's started this year being horrible. Right, yeah. so there's there's question marks because the, you know they're older and stuff. So I decided to go for Carter Hart. Okay. Um, and I went with Hart over Bennington just because I think Hart is a better goalie, is and I don't like Bennington. H A R T. Okay, cool. Um, and yeah, so that's and I think that every Olympic team will kind of have a goalie that's on the younger side just to develop them. Yeah. You know, they'll get two veterans and then one young guy. You know, uh, like I think Russia is going to get Shesterkin on their team, and I think the U.S. is going to go with the guy like um, uh, Demko, Thatcher Demko. Uh, to kind of supplement the veteran goalies on their roster as well. So that's the way I see it. That's my Olympics team right there. Okay, cool. Yeah. I project them winning gold because, hell I yeah, mean, go Canada. It's Team Canada. Listen, if they don't get gold, then we riot. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But yeah, um, you're, yeah, the team looks honestly great. Defensively, I feel like, uh, like you were saying, yeah, um, Riley, maybe you can swap him out. Uh, the forwards are really interested. I'm really interested to see what they actually end up doing as well, because this could go either way. It, they can. I also think you can rounds. like, yeah, they, you can you can switch out Stamkos with Point, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, and like, Stamkos is, could easily be a fourth liner on this team, or even not be on it. You know? Exactly. But also another big thing is like, even once you go down there, um, there's time to to play around with your lineups. Like you have game, you can practice first of all with the team. You can figure out what works and what doesn't. Then you have games um, on hand as well. That the the Canadian team, even if there's there's missing synergy, they should still be projected to win regardless. So you have time to play around with the uh, with different uh, different combinations, different lineups, and see what works and what doesn't work. Um, yeah. So I sure. have, I have faith that the team eventually maybe they they might uh, they might look a little bit iffy here and there uh in the beginning 
Um, but they'll figure it out. I have no doubt with that. Yeah, they're a crazy good team. Like, it, you know, anything less than gold is probably going to be a disappointment for everyone on that on the roster and, and that watches. So yeah. high expectations for these guys. A lot of them do have question marks in terms of how they perform under pressure, though. You know, specifically guys like Marner and, and even McDavid, oh, you know, yeah. like who haven't had the playoff success. And even McKinnon, you know, never gotten past the second round. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys on this team that have a lot to prove in terms of being good in the clutch and this is a huge opportunity for these guys to actually showcase their ability to do that because if like if Marner doesn't do well and like and we get bronze you know there's there's gonna be a lot of talking there's a lot shit, of problems so. yeah, yeah yeah so but they also you know, have is... like great leadership as well um to to build off of yeah. that too so they they're in a good position where they're 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 in a position to succeed basically yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it's on, and from a Leaf perspective, it's it's also like, it's a chance for these guys to rid themselves of the doubt they have. Yeah. Of like being good in those big moments. Yeah. Because you're on Team Canada, like you know, you know what I mean. Like you should be, you should be good. And if you don't perform there, then it's it's gonna fuck them up mentally for a long time. But if they do get over that kind of hump mentally, it might actually be good for us in the playoffs if they, you know, come away with a gold and, and, you know, we're in the first round and they can put away a game and they actually play well because they're not, you know, shrouded with doubt because, because they play on the leaves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm really excited for that. Uh, we're away, away, uh, a ways away. Sorry. Um, for that anyways, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we got some time. We'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep you guys updated each week to see who else gets called up. Um, like we mentioned, three of them are already lock-ins um, for for the spot. They've already been confirmed. Um, yeah. So as we get more more people, we'll we'll figure it out and we'll uh, we'll see what goes on from there. Um, but yeah, I guess that was all I kind of wanted to go over on Team Canada. Um, was there any any last things that you wanted to add before we go into the Q and A and then finally address the mighty Kiwi? Has it been waiting patiently no, for this? No, I'm good. Yeah, we can okay. we can go into the queue. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, let me open up uh, Twitch chats. Uh, um, actually, let's do... Uh, how do I want to do this? We'll do this. Okay, that's fine. And then we'll move this out of the way. Put this there. Open that up. Move this to the side. And yeah, okay. Okay. Um, I think we're all good now. Um, the Mighty Kiwi. Uh, also, if you are uh, interested, um, after this, uh, going forward, uh, this is the Q&A segment of, of the, the whole show. Um, we were thinking of having people call in. Um, so like we'll have like a, a Discord server where we pull you on and then we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, for now, we'll just address it. Uh, so if you guys have any questions that you can think of or that you want to know, even if it's like not a hockey related, just questions about us, um, feel free to message in the, the Twitch chat and then um, we'll we'll address it. Uh, the Mighty Kiwi, I hope you're still here. Uh, if you are, press one or type one or something just so we know that you're here. And then we're hopefully addressing your, your concerns. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Armand, you want to you wanna try to talk about this first or do you want me to go? Yeah. Uh, do, do you want to talk about it first? You can talk. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So Marner needing to go and being overpaid. Do I 
Do I agree that he's overpaid? Yes, by far. He is severely overpaid. But okay, wait, okay, hold on. Time out. How much is he overpaid? Huh? How much do you think he's overpaid? I think how much is he paid? He's again. Let's pull that up right he's now. He's getting 10.9 something. Let's so look let's up... let's say 11. Okay, but let's let's get all let's get our salary cap so we can see our cap run, uh our Leafs cap run. Why are you on incognito? Huh? Why are you on incognito? I don't know. It's the first thing that was open. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so then we got our whole lineup over here. Let me open this up a little wider. Put the Twitch out over there. Uh, eh, whatever, we'll do that. Okay. Okay, cool. So he's making ten point nine. Uh, I feel like making a one mil, like making a nine mil. I feel like would be all right. Yeah, I but, would say the maximum I would pay for him is nine point five. Yeah, but uh, okay. one big thing though that I wanted to say is like, um. A huge part of this uh, that we're that we're seeing in hindsight is because, or, or that, that we're seeing this as a huge overpayment, which regardless it would be, but um, is because of the whole situation with COVID and the TV deal not going through. A yeah, lot like, of these decisions that were made uh, by Dubis to shell uh, to sell out on these contracts or shell out on the on giving money for these contracts was because was under the pretense that the salary cap was going to go up, yeah, significantly. So uh, I guess like I can give a quick brief on this, but um, before COVID struck, the salary cap we were getting a new TV deal. The salary cap was supposed to go up drastically each year. Um, so that's um, would I guess like make up a little bit of the. Uh, of the sal of the contracts that we were given out. Now, since the salary cap did not go up, a lot of these contracts are are a lot more than it should be. Whereas, if the salary cap went up by let's say like three million or something, it's a little bit more more wiggle room. There's a little bit more room that we could work with. So, keeping that in mind, I still think it is slightly an overpayment, even if we think of what uh, of the salary cap not going up. But in this moment. Because obviously hindsight is hindsight, we can't do anything about that. Um, he is getting overpaid. Now, do I think that he needs to go? I don't think so. I think he's still a great player. Like if we look at his stats from last year, uh, Mitch Marner, um, hockey DB, he had a phenomenal regular season. He had in a 55 games uh, game season. He had 60, uh, 67 points. He was playing phenomenally. He was playing great. A huge issue with him, and I, it's, it's a huge issue with the rest of the Leafs as well. It's just mental. They 100% should have gone through the Habs, um, but they just didn't. They just mentally broke. And I feel like this, this is just something that eventually the team will figure out. Now, I'm not sure if they figure if they'll figure it out and they'll still be able to win a cup i hope they do but you got to think like eventually the team will be able to get over this mental hurdle it's only a matter of time um and that's again like going through our, our previous segment with the with team canada hopefully that is also a learning experience that, that could impact their players positively as well um but i don't think he he needs to go per se i think who do you get back for him yeah, that that's my thing. Yeah, you need to get you're back. You're right in that he's overpaid, but yeah, you're gonna be selling low on him because yeah. he just came off of horrible playoffs and he hasn't even started off the year too well. So, uh, I just want you know, at the, I think you become worse if you okay. trade him this year at least. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
so like what pieces do you get uh what pieces do you get um from him right because when you're trading a superstar you have to get another superstar for a team that's contending you can't get smaller pieces that may look good as a bundle you need a super superstar for a superstar now the only person that we talked about this previously as well the only person that this offseason could have been an option was eichel yeah and buffalo wouldn't do that because it's essentially moving moving the deck chairs you know you're they have to commit to a rebuild. You know, mm -hmm. getting getting Jess Marner and no futures would be pretty stupid for them. So yeah. there's no, like, tangible option where you're... Like, Marner is an elite talent. Like, you know, whether he's getting paid 11 or 9.5 doesn't, doesn't affect his performance. He's an elite talent. You know, he's up there with the best of them. And he is overpaid by 2 million, but every, you know, cup teams have had worse overpayments before i don't think that's a debilitating amount uh to overpay especially given the fact that hopefully the cap goes up and we're out of kessel's uh, retained salary now and you know all of this stuff so there's I, I don't know i i just think selling now would be a mistake because you 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 become a worse team because of it yeah agreed there's nothing that there's nothing that like i do think you kind of have now. to ride out now if they lose again this year Mm, that's that conversation might just be like sure we become a worse team but at least there's some sort of change uh-huh right so because there's only so many times you could be like all right let's run it back yeah but um i don't think we've reached that i think it is a mental hurdle and i think that eventually hopefully they they get over it especially this year so because otherwise yeah you know, you know dubas might be fired if we get out in the first round and so <laughs> will keith and martyr or, or you know one of the big four will probably be gone. So they've there's a lot riding on this year, and I think this is going to be the last chance that Reiner has to to uh, to prove his worth, and hopefully he does. What would you? Because otherwise view? we're pretty fucked. Exactly. Yeah. What would you view as a success for this team? That where you'd be okay with Marner coming back, or like continuing on. Okay with Marner coming back? Third third round, conference third final round. at least. Really. Yeah. So anything that, before that, you'd want to trade him. Yeah, if we win in the first round and then get smoked in the second round or something like that. Uh -huh. um, it depends how the rounds go, of course. But And also how uh, he plays as well, right? And also how he plays, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the, this is what I was saying. Like, the, the conversation around Nylander was also pretty similar in terms of, like, his playoff output. Because he, he struggled for a while as well. That changes with one playoff series. Mm. You know? Last year's phenomenal. Nylander plays with a shitload of confidence now. Which he didn't before. He, like, he was always really good. And I, like, I was never, uh, like, I've always been a huge fan of Nylander. Mm -hmm. But he plays with so much more confidence in terms of shooting the puck and, you know, just taking, you know, the puck towards the net and making those plays that he doesn't have that mental block anymore that, you know, really fucked him up uh, the year after his uh, contract pulled out. Like, he only got, like, 27 points that year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that was a horrible year because of a lot of reasons, and part of that is the mental pressure of having to live up to your contract. Mm -hmm. But once he finally stopped, you know, play, like, started playing with confidence, no one's no one's worried about that. That's one of the best contracts we have on the team. And, yeah. you know, Marner could do the same if he, if he performs at the level he does in the regular season in the playoffs, because dude's like a 95-point guy in the regular season. He just needs to do the same thing in the playoffs, and he needs to be as dynamic, you know? Like, and I, I refuse to believe it's not a mental issue because, you know, in game six against Montreal, when he, 
when he uh, got that delay of game penalty where he had all the time in the world and mm-hmm. he just turned around and slap shotted the puck out of the you know you know out of the uh, off of the glass. Yeah. That's a that's a mental mistake. That's not because him you don't have any ability. That's him feeling the pressure of needing to make the correct play all the time and him not actually using his intuition, which he usually does, which is, you know, having the the presence of mind to be patient with the puck. He just yeeted that shit out, <laughs> out of the arena and then you see him in the in the penalty box and he's clearly feeling feeling the pressure. So Yeah. He just needs to, you know, get those demons out and and he'll be fine and this team will be fine if if their stars are performing and their stars are going to perform when they play with the confidence they they should have yeah yeah i agreed um hopefully the team pulls it together obviously we're all leafs fans uh well both of us are as much as we hate this team um so we're, <laughs> we're rooting for them we're pulling for them hopefully they can figure it out um i just think it would be a mistake even if he doesn't perform it's it's so hard getting rid of a player like that. I'm almost more tempted. Like, obviously, it's going to be tough. And, like, you're probably going to have to take on some stuff. But, like, getting rid of John Tavares is a lot better, but a lot tougher. Just because of how much, uh, just because of how much more term he has left on his contract. Because um, we already see that he is taking a little bit step back in terms of his offensive performance. Um, but, yeah, like, it's tough. You you see the potential in this team, and you can't uh, you can't help but believe that the next year will be the year. Like they have yeah. to figure it out, and especially growing up, um, like you, you see Marner, he he's he grew up as a Leafs fan. We saw him grow up in, within our organization as well. Um, he's a Leafs through and through. He's a Leafs player. Yeah. He's a Leafs fan through and through. It's tough to let go and, of something someone like that, but yeah, and you can you can really tell when he's like feeling down on himself mm-hmm. you know because oh, yeah. he, he, he was so like he was so happy-go-lucky in the first few years on yeah. the team like he was dancing out there and 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 now it's it's a little more dour so i like hopefully if he can go back to that and just play his game like we'll be fine it's just a matter of doing that because if he doesn't you know we're in we're in tough and you know you have to make business decisions like, at that yeah. point yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like Dubis has to, you know, he can't go down at the ship. You know what I mean? Like for the his own career. First. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting seeing what happens in the playoffs this year. Hopefully, we make the playoffs firstly, and then anything less than a third rounder, and I, I will be a bit upset. So that's high. Conference final. I, would have said I know. Like... I know it's high, but it should be high. Like you, yeah. you know, you're you're on your sixth year now. I agree. For this core. I agree. Yeah, you can't be settling for like I understand that a lot of people would be happy with a with a round win, but mm-hmm. if you're a team that's you know has as much talent and has are spending to the cap to the way we are, you have to have those high expectations because otherwise, you know, what's the point? Yeah, there's a reason. There's a reason it's called all or nothing. You know, <laughs> going off on that, actually. getting 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 yeah, in the right. second round doesn't mean shit to me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see your make point. Make it make it far. Yeah, honestly, at this point one round, please, please get. A I know, round. like if you lose in the first <laughs> round, there will be an absolute like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. riots in the streets probably. You know, I it, actually it's been super disappointing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just imagine the scenes if we win, though. Holy 
crap. Yeah, exactly. I'm still That'd holding to that bet, eh? When we, if we make it to the finals, and if there's a blanket, yeah, we're going to attend it. Grand on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm holding you to it. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I, I think I would, honestly. Yeah, we made that bet how many years ago? It wasn't a bet. It was an agreement. Or agreement, yeah. We made that. I th- it, that, that was, was a long probably, time ago. Too. Yeah. Probably three or least, four years ago? Five no, years? at least four or five. At least. Yeah, probably. That was probably... I think you know when that was? That was um, the summer before you guys started university when we went to Wonderland together. Yeah? That's when it was, yeah. Because that's when we made the bet for the Leafs win it as well. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we got to do that anyways. Um, but actually, one thing I want to talk about that All or Nothing series. You know I still haven't watched it yet? Oh, have you not? Dude, it's actually... It's, it's a... It's I an can't, interesting man. look. When I see it that is title, sad, man. That last, so uh, the last like ten, fifteen minutes of that series, it's fucking brutal to watch. It's really, really hard to watch because, you know, that's where they go over the three-one. Yeah. Where we completely <laughs> choke away no, but just the imagine. easiest victory of our lives. But uh, I yeah, hate the it title. was tough. I hate the title. All or the nothing. The title is that they released after we lost. Are you kidding yeah, me? but dude. That's what the title. I don't of the care season. that it's, it's a series. Single... I don't care. <laughs> it's so for annoying. Every single season. It's just the Amazon Prime thing. As soon as I got over it, I get stabbed in the back. With that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we still love Amazon. Okay, we're still streaming on their their platform. <laughs> Hell yeah. But um, you know, you know, um, because it's a uh, it's a Amazon series, and like since we're streaming on Twitch, we could do a watch party for that, eh? Yeah, that'd be fun. Do you want to do that? Yeah. Like, I'm we down. can stream it, we can watch party it, and, like, everyone can see it as we're, like, watching it. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Do you, I think that would... Would you want to do that while I'm here, though, or when I go back home, then we can watch it together? So there's no delay? Uh, yeah, probably together. No okay. delay would probably help. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that would be that would be kind of cool. As soon as you were mentioning that, that series, I was like, you know what? That would actually be kind of cool. So, like, because, like, yeah. I... I haven't watched it at all, right? I don't know what... I mean, I, I went through the pain of the season, so I have that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess that was... That was the major things we wanted to talk about. Uh, if there's any other questions in chat, um, feel free to message us. I mean, I think we can start winding it down. Yeah, that was longer than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, dude, I actually really like that. Yeah, that went a good. lot better... Uh, oh, look at that Armand picture. Perfect. Um, that went really <laughs> nice. I, I thought, like, I, I feel like we, I will get, we'll get input from people who watched it, but I think we, we synergized pretty well on that one. I think we did pretty good. Yeah, for sure. And obviously we'll get better over time. Um, this is only the first <laughs> episode, right? So <laughs> we'll get more segment ideas. And we don't even have a title. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. I completely forgot that. If, if you guys are still here and, like, if, if people have any ideas, like, please give us a title. We need to make this YouTube channel ASAP. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was a yeah, lot of fun. fun. This is a long time coming. Um. I'm really looking forward to the next episode, and like hopefully, what once I once we do it in person, I feel like it's the show is gonna like be so much fun, so much fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It was yeah. it was a good time. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that was that's basically it. Thanks for the people who actually came, uh, like Abby, um, Kyle, the Mighty Kiwi. <laughs> Thanks for for messaging and like interacting with us, uh, being here. 
this was a lot of fun. Um, we we've been like I said, we've been talking about this for a long time, um, and it's nice to actually finally do this and get this out there. Um, we'll see you guys next week, six thirty again at uh, on Sunday every every Sunday six thirty on this channel, uh, Twitch.tv/Rebexer. And we will be posting on YouTube, hearts in chat. Thank you, Abby. You're the best. Um, and we'll be posting on YouTube. We'll get more information out there once we actually create that and then start posting. Um, yeah, it was a fun time. Thanks, Armand. This is actually a lot of fun. Yeah, that was, that was good. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys.